Brace yourself and buckle up. You are about to hear a life-changing, history-making, world-defining message from the New Birth Podcast. Tell everybody you know, things will never be the same. Lord, they've come to see you. They've come to hear from you. They've come for a word from you, a touch from you. Use your boy as an instrument that we may know what you would have us to know. And then, Lord, help us do all that you've called us to do. When it's all said and done, we pray that the lost will come to you. Pray your children will be more like you. Pray that you get all the glory, you get all the honor. For you alone are worthy of all praise. Have your way. In the saving name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we thank you. And they all said, amen. Come on, give God a rousing round. Give the person next to you a bump and tell them I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're sitting by me. Amen. I would like to extend a heartfelt thanks to this big-hearted pastor for every act of kindness. Truly, the Lord has smiled upon new birth, has smiled upon this city, this state, this nation, even this world with this awesome gift in Dr. Jamal Bryant. Can we celebrate him? Come on. What a pastor, what a preacher, what a leader. For God's glory, he's leading us. For God's purpose, he's establishing us. And for God's kingdom, he is preparing us. Dr. Bryant, you are appreciated. You have taught us, he who kneels before God will not have problems standing before man. And I want to say thank you so much. I don't know what I did to deserve a brother like you, but I'd do it again. I'm very grateful and thankful. Amen. And then a, a, a debt of gratitude is owed to this church and pastor for the wonderful accommodations you all made for us. Nice place to lay our heads, and for that we are, we are truly grateful. I'm blessed to have the woman here who reminds me that God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. My beautiful wife is here. Thank God for her. And my sisters are here, Patricia and Bert Tabitha, wherever you are. Amen. Uh, they are here. And I thank God for them. Thank God for Pastor Timothy May and his beautiful wife, Ebony May. I was just left there in revival in Florida. Amen. You all stand so they can see. I want to say thank you. They followed us here. I want to say thank you so very very much. Amen. If you have your Bibles, will you hold it up in the air? Repeat after me, Bible reading, Bible believing, Bible practicing makes a strong Christian. And a strong Christian makes a strong family. And a strong family makes a strong church. And a strong church makes a strong community. Amen. Go to Psalms 133. I thank Bilbo Rogers, amen, such a gift to the body of Christ. Thank God for him. Psalms 133. Beginning with verse 1. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing 
even life forevermore. I want to talk about the importance of unity. Amen. The importance of unity. You may be seated in the presence of God. The importance of unity. Interesting research was done with two horses. One horse by himself could pull 4,000 pounds. That's all he could pull. The other horse by himself could only pull 5,000 pounds. But when they put those horses together, you would think they would only be able to pull 9,000 pounds, but not so. They pull 11,000 pounds. One by himself, only 4,000 pounds. The other one by itself, only 5,000 pounds. But when you put them together, they pull 11,000 pounds. It's called synergism. Synergism, two separate agents coming together to produce a greater sum of effect than their individual efforts. They discovered these horses could do more together. These horses were stronger together. These horses were better together. And I need to tell us this morning the same thing. We too can do more together. We're stronger together. We are better together. If a man only has two, two teeth in his mouth, they look better together. One snowflake by itself easily dissolves. One snowflake by itself is very frail. But you let those snowflakes come together and stick, they'll stop traffic. You let them come together and stick, they'll shut down government, they'll shut down schools, they'll shut down businesses. And we, like those snowflakes, if we would just come together and stick. See, it's not enough just to come together. When it's snowing outside, that don't bother you. You want to know, is it sticking? And us coming together, that don't bother Satan. Us just coming together, that don't bother no demons. But it's when we come together and stick. We'll shut down government. If we come together and stick, we'll, we, we'll reduce crime. Because ain't nobody doing a drive-by in the snow. Y'all ain't proof. Tell your neighbor we got to come together and stick together. What did one butt cheek say to the other butt cheek? If we come together, 
We can stop this crap. I ain't coming back no more. The psalmist said, behold, how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. That word behold means, hey, look at this. When folk get along with each other, it's good and it's pleasant. That word behold means, hey, check this out. When mom and daddy get along with each other, it's good and pleasant for the whole house. Hey, look, when brother and sister get along with each other, it's good and it's pleasant. Hey, look at this. When, 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 when white folk and black folk and Latinos can work together, it's good and it's pleasant. Hey, check this out. When Republicans and Democrats and liberals can pull together, it's good and it's pleasant. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Behold how good and how pleasant. See, some things is good, but not pleasant. Discipline is good, but it's not pleasant. That child getting a spanking is good for that child, but it's not pleasant. Um, casserole. Mama knew it was good for you, but it wasn't pleasant. You see, some things is good, but not pleasant. And then some things is pleasant, but not good. Smoking weed, I heard. I heard, that's what they... I heard. It's pleasant, but it ain't good. Gin and juice and Hennessy, I heard. Jack Daniels, I heard. It's pleasant, but it's not good. Fornication is pleasant, but it's not good. Adultery may be pleasant, but it's not good. But the psalmist is saying there's something morally good and emotionally pleasant about folk working together in unity. Suppose two families invited you to their house on the same day for dinner. One family that invited you, they were fractured. They couldn't get along with each other. And if you went over there, you wouldn't know what to expect at the lunch table. But then the other family that invited you was loving and kind and friendly. And you knew if you went over there, dinner time would be a joy. Which invitation are you going to accept? I'm going over here where they get along with each other, where I know dinner time will be a joy. And then we have to ask ourselves, even as a church, why aren't people coming to God's table? And we tell them, come over here where the table is spread and the feast of the Lord is going on. Why aren't they coming to the table? Maybe it's because sometimes they see we're not getting along at the table. And wherever there is dissension, it messes up folks' appetite even for the word of God. You and your wife can both be hungry and you tell your wife, baby, I'm going to take you to Ruth Chris. And she says, oh, yes. And she gets in the car and on the way to Ruth Chris, y'all getting an argument. The next thing that Negro says is, I ain't hungry. 
Take me back home. Because where there is dissension, it messes up your appetite. Point number one, unity is well-pleasing to God and to others. Matter of fact, Jesus said this in, in, in Matthew 5 and 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. One way people know you are a child of God is you are about peace. And one reason why a lot of people don't think you're a child of God is because you seem to be about disturbing the peace rather than having peace. We have too many peace breakers and not enough peacemakers. Ask your neighbor, what are you about? You see somebody walking and their shoestring is untied, you're going to tell them, hey, hey, hey. Tied it up, tied it up. Because you know by that little thing coming apart, it can cause the whole body to trip. It can cause the whole body to go down. Tied it up, tied it up. And when you see relationships in the church, even relationships in your family coming apart, you need to tell them, tie that up. Because this thing is bigger than y'all. Tie that up, it can cause the whole body to trip. Tie that up. It can cause the whole family to go down. Tie that up. Matter of fact, the Bible says tied up before nightfall. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Touch three people and tell them tied up, tied up. I don't know who you haven't spoken to in a month, but tied up. I don't know who you got get along with, but tied up. Tied up with your sister, tied up with your brother, tied up with your mother, tied up with your father. The Bible says if you have art with your brother or your sister, don't go to Facebook, don't be leaving subliminal messages. Go to them and tie it up. And if that don't work, bring a witness to help you tie it up. Tell somebody one more time, tie it up. Write, write down the word unite. Write down the word unite and untie. Write down the word unite and untie. Both words consist of the same five letters. The difference is where you put the I. Am I helping to unite or untie? Now Romans 16 and 17 says, mark them that cause division among you and avoid them. The Bible says there are some people you need to mark. Those that are causing division, mark them and avoid them. Which means it's okay to push ignore on your phone. Hello, somebody. Because why you can't keep folks' name out your mouth? Why are you always talking about somebody? Why are you always starting something? Mark them and avoid them. The importance of unity. Come, come, come here, baby. Come here, baby. Come, come, come on around here. 
Now, now watch this. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, sing, I love you, I love you, Lord, today. I love you. I love you. Yeah. I love you, Lord, today. Because you cared for me uh -huh. in such a special way. That's why I praise you. I lift you up and I magnify your name. Yeah. That's why my heart is filled with praise. Now, now she, she's good solo. She's good solo. She's good solo. Do it again. I love, love you. I love you. I love you, Lord, today. Because you cared for me in such a special way. That's why I praise you. I lift you up. And I magnify your name. That's why my heart is filled with praise. Now, 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 here's my point. Here's my point. Some folk are good solo, but they can't harmonize with others. And you ain't got no business being a president if you can't harmonize with others. You ain't got no business holding a position in the church if you can't harmonize with others. You ain't got no business getting married if you can't harmonize. And we have a lot of folk that's good solo, but they can't harmonize with others. Matter of fact, some of y'all throwing folk off. We were doing good till you came in here with that. We were having a good time till you came in. We were getting along just fine until you walked in here. We had harmony. Help me preach. Come, come, come here. Help me preach. Help me preach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, brother, come help me preach. You stand right here. Yeah, you stand right here. See, one of Satan's biggest tricks is to get us to fight each other and not him. Hey, Jay, Jay, you remember when we was in school and, and, and a young innocent guy would be walking up the hallway and the people in school wanted a fight so bad that they, they, they were started. So they would see this guy walking, innocent, and will push him into him. And this guy wouldn't have enough sense enough to know he was pushed, and he would start fighting him, and then this guy was. <laughs> he hit him, though. He, he, and that's, this is what Satan is doing. Because the Bible says, Ephesians 6 and 12, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So why are you fighting flesh and blood? Because Satan is pushing them into you. 
Satan will push your husband into you. He'll, he'll push your wife into you. What did Job's wife say? Cuss God and die. He'll, he'll, he'll push your friends into you. He'll push other members into you. And if you don't have enough sense, you will start fighting him instead of Satan. That's why Malcolm X said, no, we're fighting fire with fire. Dr. King said, uh-uh, if you can't be nonviolent, don't get in this. Dr. King said, hate can't get rid of hate, only love can do that. Darkness can't get rid of darkness, only light can do that. Hate multiplies hate and adds a deeper darkness to a night already devoid of stars. He said, love is the only force that can transform your enemy into your friend. We gotta look at who's pushing these white folk to mistreat us, to do us wrong. So you got to know how to recognize Satan. You ain't got to go to school to recognize Satan. It's real easy to recognize Satan. When it comes to recognizing Satan, you can't go off of how he looks. Because he changes his appearance all the time. In Genesis, he's a serpent. He'll appear as an angel of light. A, a, a wolf in sheep clothing. He, he goes about like a roaring lion. In Revelations, he's a dragon, so you can't go off how he looks. He'll, he'll put on some pumps and have a big butt and a smile, but that girl is. He'll have triceps and biceps. You can't go off how he looks. You have to go off what he says. This is how you recognize the devil. Stay right there, brother. This is how you recognize the devil. Anybody who tries to get you to go against this. That's him. Anybody that tries to get you to go against the word of God, that's Satan. What did he say to Eve? Did God say you can't eat of that? Yeah, he said, and we do, we're going to die. What did he say? You ain't going to die. You're going to be as a God, knowing good and evil. She saw it was pleasant to the eyes, a fruit desired to make one wise. She partook of it, gave it to her husband. They lost their home. One son killed another son. See, see, Satan, Jesus addressed the enemy. You see, Jesus came to die. And he was telling the boys, look, this is what's going to happen. We're going to Jerusalem. They're going to mock me. They're going to spit on me. They're going to whip me. They're going to kill me. Three days, I'm going to get up. Peter said, quit talking like that. Don't talk like that. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. For you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of man. You see, Jesus knew who was pushing Satan to say what he said. And you got to know who's pushing people into you. So you're careful not to fight them, but to say, Satan, I see you. Thank you. Thank you, God. Yeah. Hey, Jay, we used to sing songs that identified the enemy. We don't sing them songs no more. But we used to sing songs that identified the enemy. Satan, we're going to tear your king. See, we knew who the enemy was. What we saying? Satan, kingdom now. You've been Oh, Satan. See, we address the enemy. 
so we're not careful to fight each other, but to fight him. So unity, y'all, is, is well-pleasing. Number two, write this down. Unity is sweet-smelling. It's, it's, it's sweet-smelling. It's sweet-smelling. Uh, you remember... He says right there in verse number two, it's like pressure's all poured on the head, running down on, on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. Y'all remember God told Moses to, to appoint Aaron to be high priest in uh, Leviticus 8 and 30, and he told him to do it using the oil? Well, in, in Exodus 30, verse 22, you find the recipe for the oil. It was a sweet-smelling, perfumed oil. It's right there in Exodus 30, verse 22. Then the Lord said to Moses, take the following uh, fine spices, 500 shekels of liquid myrrh, half as much, that is 250 shekels of fragrant cinnamon, 250 shekels of fragrant calamus, 500 shekels of cassia, all according to the sanctuary shekel, and a hen of olive oil. We use the whole bottle. A hen of olive, <laughs> olive oil. And he said, make these into a sacred anointing oil, a fragrant blend, the work of a perfumer. It will be a sacred anointing oil, then use it to anoint the tent of meetings, the ark of the covenant. So y'all, as Aaron knelt before Moses, Moses slowly poured this oil over his head. See, the way we anoint today, uh, some of you women wouldn't want to be anointed because he, he poured all over your hair, all over your... Some of y'all say, uh-uh, don't anoint me this morning. Just, just pray for me. It's $250, $800 right here. <laughs> but as Aaron knelt before God, Moses poured this oil over his head. It ran down his face, down his beard, down to the fringes of his garment. It bestowed upon him a sweet smell. And so he's saying that's what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon the body of Christ, anointing us and making us one. It bestows upon us a sweet smell. So what the psalmist is saying is unity is sweet smelling, but division is a foul odor. Brother, bring me that chair right there. Yeah, that chair. Yeah, bring that up here for me. And yeah, brother, bring me that chair right there. Yes, yeah, sit, sit right here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Now, unity bestows upon the church a sweet smell. The body, a sweet smell. Imagine sitting by somebody whose body stinks. You try your best. You do everything you can to stay. Until you can't take it no more and you put that Baptist finger up and you get away from that body and somebody asks you why you move, they're cutting up, man. Why, why you move? They ain't right. Why you move? They foul. This is why people are getting away from the body of Christ. Because we're cutting up. We're fighting each other. And people are leaving away from the body of Christ. I catch enough hell out there, I don't come in to catch no hell. 
I got to deal with enough stuff on my job. I got to deal with enough stuff in my community. I got to come here. I want to be able to come to a place where I can find peace, where I can find love, where I can find hope. And this is why people are moving away from the body of Christ. Another reason why people are moving away from the body of Christ, we dog the church. Even us, we dog the church in the church. Oh, I don't want nobody to hurt you like church folk. Boy, church folk will kill you. Church folk will do you wrong. Like, Say that. Preach, man. Man, church folk are something else. Boy, church folk are the biggest hypocrite. Preach, man. Yeah, we say that in here. Yeah, yeah, preach. And then we want to open up the doors of the church. Is one? And they saying, hell no. I ain't going to tell. No, you just told me what the church is. You just told me what y'all doing in here. And everybody amen it, everybody co-signing it. <laughs> come here, brother. Come here, brother. Yeah, sit, sit down there right there, man. But you sit by somebody who smells good. That's when you say, man, what you got on? What is that? Man, when you're so full of love, people want to know, what is that? That make you love folk that don't love you. What is that you got on that make, make you bless them that curse you? Do good to those who despitefully misuse you and pray for those that persecute you. What is that? The Bible says, put on Christ. Thank you, man. Thank you. Put on Christ. Y'all, unity is sweet smelling. But the only way we're going to be sweet smelling, we have to be in the Word. What that Word is to your physical body, that's what, what that Word is to your spiritual soul, that's what water is to your body. What, what, what water is to your body, that's what the Word of God is to your, to your soul. And just like you can tell when folk ain't been in the water, Just like you can tell folk who haven't been in the water, you can tell folk who haven't been in the Word. But when it comes to the Word, many of us want to take wash-offs. That's when you get a little bit of that water and hit them hot spots. Big Mama called them a whole baths. But the problem with a wash-off, it don't last long. It will eventually tell off on you. But then when it comes to the Word of God, some folks won't take showers. But when you take a shower, you're on the time limit. You get in there, it's almost like praise and worship in a shower. But you don't plan on being there all day. Somebody's saying, that preacher good, but he's just too long. Shower's better than a wash off. But then when it comes to the word of God, some folk take baths. 
When you take a bath, that's when you run that water. Let it fill up. You put that other stuff in there. Then you get in there. Yeah, yeah, get in there. When you take a bath, you get down in it. Matter of fact, when you take a bath, you make some noise. Oh! Ah! Well, you can tell folk who've been in the Word because they're making some noise. Ah! You marinate in there. You abide in it. And it abides in you. Y'all ain't playing with me. That sounds like what Jesus said. Abide in my word. Let my word abide in you. Then you can ask what you will. In other words, he said, take a bath. Touch three people and tell them, take a bath. Get in now. Get in now. Unity is sweet smelling. Here's the last point. Unity is life giving. It's in the text. It's in the text. It's life giving. He says the last verse, for it is as the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Mount Hermon is the tallest mountain in the Israel territory. The dew would fall on that mountain and would trickle down and eventually go into the Jordan River, which ran north and south, irrigating and bringing life to the whole land. Everything around the Jordan River is green. It's beautiful. No wonder Jesus was baptized in that river because everything around the Jordan River is beautiful. Can I tell you why everything around the Jordan River is beautiful and there's life all around the Jordan River? Because the Jordan River has an inlet from the Galilean Sea, and it has an outlet into the Dead Sea. So because it receives and gives, everything around it lives. Because it receives, Jay, and gives, everything around it lives. But let's go back to the Dead Sea. Everything around the Dead Sea is dead. Can I tell you why everything around the Dead Sea is dead? Because the Dead Sea just has an inlet from the Jordan. It doesn't have an outlet. And because all it does is receive and doesn't give, everything around it dies. And this is why you have a lot of Dead Sea marriages. Because you got one that's just about receiving. Y'all ain't praying with me, but they don't give. This is why you have a lot of Dead Sea friendships and Dead Sea churches. Hello, somebody. Because you have people that's just about receiving, but not giving. You want people to be kind to you, but you mean as hell. You, you want people to love you, but you're so hateful. You want people to visit you when you're sick. Who did you visit while they were sick? You might just be reaping what you sow. You want people to be there for you, for you, but who are you there for? God wants us to be Jordan River Christians because he gives blessings to who he can get blessings through. Freely ye have received. Freely. It's life-giving. I got to close. Look at what Jesus said. Go to John 17. Go to John 17. This is the Lord's Prayer right here. I know we, many times we say Matthew 6 is the Lord's Prayer, but he said, after this manner, pray ye, you, 
See, Jesus knew no sin, so he didn't have to pray, forgive us our debts. We need to pray that. But in John 17, verse 20, you find the Lord's prayer. He said right there in verse 20 of John 17, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, watch this, so that the world may believe that you sent me. In other words, he's saying, Lord, I need them to be one so the world may believe that you has sent me, which means, watch this, y'all. Father, if they're not one, it's going to hinder salvation. If they are not unified, more folk going to go to hell. He said, Lord, I need them to be one that the world may believe. Which means if they're not one, the world is not going to believe. So I agree with that evangelist who says the hindrance to salvation in the world may not be the sinfulness of the world. It may be the disunity of the church. He said, by this shall all men know you're my disciples. If you love one another. Love is the birthmark of a Christian. If you've been born again, where's your birthmark? I got to close. My time is up. I'm sorry, Jay. But I was, I was in Family Dollar. I was in Family Dollar. And uh, I'm trying to figure out why they call these diapers loves? Knowing what's gonna go in it. I understand huggies, pampers, pull-ups, but when I got to this, I was lost. Why in the world would they call these diapers love? I said, I bought a pack. The Holy Spirit started to deal with me. He said, now, what do those love diapers do? I said, well, love gets pissed off sometimes. Lord said, what else? I said, love put up with a whole lot of crap. All kinds of crap. Lord said, what else? I said, but love stays connected to them until they are changed. Love won't let go until they are changed. And the Lord said, that's what I want y'all to do. Put them in love until they are changed. I know you've taken a lot of crap. I know they pissed you off. I know they did you wrong. But the Lord said, put them in love 
said, put them in love. Yeah, you need one too. Put them in love. Tell your neighbor, put them in love. Because a change is going to come. Love covers a multitude. I went in the gas station the other day and as soon as I walked in the door at Love's gas station, they said, welcome to Love. And that ought to be the church's motto. That ought to be your motto when people come across you. Welcome. Welcome to Love. I'm clothing now. But I'm reminded of a little boy. His name was Eric. And he asked his mother, could he go outside and play in the snow? They lived in Colorado. Mother told him, get your coat and your snow boots and mittens. You can go outside and play for one hour. Eric got his coat on and his mittens and, and his snow boots and he went outside and played in the snow. His mother was so tired she laid down and took a nap. Yeah. But she woke up two hours later. Yeah. Looking for her baby Eric. Calling the name Eric. But no response. She went outside calling her baby name Eric. But no response. She went in. She down 911. They came out with the search team. Told the mother, you stay at the house just in case he returned. But we're going to try to find your baby. Lord have mercy. She saw them looking for her baby two by two in every direction. Yeah. After so long, sun started going down. The head man of the search team came to the house and said, ma'am, we can't find him anywhere. We're going to call off the search tonight and we'll start first thing in the morning. But don't a mother love a child? She said, no. Please, please, don't call off the search. She said, please, well, y'all tried my way just one time. Been to school like you, but tried my way just one time. Will you please? He said, Yes, ma'am. He radioed everybody to come to the house, and she said to them, I thank y'all for looking for my baby. I really do. But she said, I saw how y'all were looking for him. Y'all went two by two in every direction. She said, Here's my I just want us to come together. Let's spread out together and let's walk together. I really believe, I really believe 
if we come together, we'll find my baby. I wish y'all could have been there to see them walking, walking and looking, walking together, looking together. About a mile down, somebody hollered, we got something. Little Eric had fallen way down in a ditch. A man jumped way down in that ditch, picked up Eric's lifeless body passed him out. They put him down. They tried CPR. Come on, Eric. Come on, Eric. Ah, Come on. It was too late. Eric was gone. The mother made it to where they were. Shook their heads and was sorry. He's gone. She said, give me my baby. She held her baby in her arms, kissing his lifeless body. She looked up at the search team and said, y'all, we found him. We found him. It was just too late. But she said, we found him. She said, but I really believe If we would have come together sooner, we could have saved my baby. If we would have united sooner, my baby would still be alive. Every time I see a hearse taking a young man to a cold grave, every time I see a hearse taking a young lady to a cold grave. I hear that mother's voice. I hear that mother's voice. Saying if we would have come together sooner, we could have saved that boy. Ain't God all right. Church, it's time to come together. It's getting late in the evening. Sun is going down. Some boys are in ditches, in ditches of drugs, in ditches of gangs, in ditches of sexual promiscuity. And here we are in the church fussing over who got the most degrees and who's got the largest building and who got the most time. It's time to come together. We gotta come together. Tell them about that man that was born in Bethlehem. Tell them about that man that was reared in Nazareth, baptized in the Jordan, performed miracles in Galilee. Tell them about that man that wept over Jerusalem, prayed in Gethsemane, and one Friday went up a hill called Calvary. He died for your sins and mine. He died until real and raw like a drunken man. He died, but I got some good news. Early Sunday morning, early Sunday morning, early Sunday morning, he got up, he got up with all power in his hand. Ain't it all right? Say yeah. Ah, yeah. Ah. Ah. 
with me. He tell me that I'm here, Lord. Joy, yeah, joy that we share as we tarry there. None other has ever known. Has he been good to you? Has he been good to you? Shake somebody's hand and say, neighbor, I was in that ditch. I was in that ditch. But I'm so glad the church came together. Yeah. He rescued me. He rescued me. He rescued me. He delivered me. Ain't it all right? See, yeah. hope you are energized that you don't need an energy drink. What you just heard should have you off and running, chasing your dreams, pursuing your purpose, and answering your call. If this was a blessing, share it with somebody else. Don't be selfish. This is what God gave you so that you can be a blessing to somebody who needs it worse.